welcome back from our holiday break and we are starting 2024 with the next session of Pilgrim's Progress. Excited to be back. And so we are going to uh, dive right in. We have a great section this week. One of Wade's favorites again. It, it really is. Yeah. Especially after I reviewed it, it's it's just really profound. Great, great section. Every week. Every week. Every week. Mm-hmm. But we are, if you're following along, on page 61 in the book. And if you remember last time, Christian had gotten to a new point in his journey He was just getting into a conversation with the porter, and now we come to the palace beautiful. And so uh, just to pick up in the middle of page 61 at the palace beautiful, but while he was thus bewailing his unhappy miscarriage, he lifted up his eyes and behold, there was a very stately palace before him, the name of which was beautiful. And it stood just by the highway side. So I saw in my dream that he made haste and went forward that if possible, he might get lodging there. So we've got this scene where he comes to this beautiful palace and after all the other troubles he had been through, I'm sure that's a welcome sight. And so he's going to go try to stay there and get some rest. And this, this whole section is just rich with allegorical imagery. But um, what is the palace beautiful way? Like what is he encountering here? What do you think is being uh, by Bunyan kind of concealed and revealed in allegory. Well, you know, on page 62, uh, Christian actually asks Porter what this house is about, and he gives us a little uh, little information there, which really frames what I believe this allegory is about. Christian says, what house is this? I mean, I lodge here tonight. The Porter says, this house was built by the Lord of the Hill, and he built it for the relief and security of pilgrims. Right. So Christian's had a pretty lonely journey up to this point. Anyone he's met, except for earlier, has turned out to either be wayward or to be actually a stumbling block for him. Mm -hmm. And he's about to get something here in this section that you wanted to kind of talk about. And that word is? Koinonia, fellowship. All right. Koinonia being the Greek word for fellowship used in the New Testament, the fellowship of the saints, this mystical bond we share in Christ as being parts of one body and family members of one another. And so Bunyan's going to teach us something about Christian fellowship or koinonia here that that really is vital to get. So, um, Wade, what's the first point of koinonia you want to talk about? And Well, he, he uses a mechanism of different characters, right? Right. Can you tell us a little bit about the characters? Well, uh, he goes from this conversation um, with Porter to meeting um, four uh, ladies who are given different names. And I would say that this allegory of the Palace Beautiful is about ideal Christian fellowship. And the reason I say it's ideal Christian fellowship is because of the names of the the ladies right. that come and talk to him. Piety, prudence, uh, charity, discretion. These yeah. are the names of the four ladies. Those are, those are Christian virtues that are good. And these four ladies represent those virtues that need to um, be passed on right. in Christian fellowship. And so the ladies come out, and he has a conversation uh, with these ladies, uh, kind of one at a time. Um, and that's when you start to see the different aspects of what Quinnia should be emerge. So, for example, on page 64, 
he has a discourse with piety. That's the name right. of, of one of the ladies. And by the way, uh, Josh and I were talking about this earlier. I believe that the four ladies are an ode to um, brave Christian women who had really been a pillar in the nonconformist movement right. that had supported Bunyan in his ministry. I think he's paying tribute to these heroic ladies uh, yeah. uh, that that were were standing for the gospel even against the state church. Right. And he gives them these these names of Christian virtue. But the discourse with piety, starting on page 64. Well, what is piety? I know that's kind of a, it's a word we don't use as much as we should probably. It's a great word. It's, it's holiness. It's yeah. virtue. It's, it's, uh, it's integrity. It's doing the right thing. And so this, this, this discourse with piety is basically piety saying, tell me your story. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and she's, she's um, drawing Christians to a conversation where he shares his testimony right. of what had happened, where he was, how he had been saved, um, and, and how he had come to this point in his journey. And that is an important part of koinonia. It's an important part of Christian fellowship is that we, we spend time with one another and it's spiritual. We're talking about each other's story. So, you know, I grew up, my church had a fellowship hall, yeah. right? Our church has a fellowship hall. And basically what you do in the fellowship hall is that's where you eat right? for the most part. Casseroles, potluck. Right. And so, you know, it'd be easy to construe from that. Well, fellowship is food. Mm-hmm. And food is certainly a part of fellowship. It helps to bring people together. But the, the fellowship that uh, Bunyan is pointing to here is a deep uh, spiritual fellowship, a spiritual right. connection, because they're talking about their story. Tell me your, tell me your story. Tell me your background. And you know, it's amazing when I'm around a group of Christians and I hear someone's personal testimony of salvation and their spiritual journey. It always is gripping to me, mm-hmm. always moving to me. And we need more of that, not less of that. So that's what that first conversation pictures. Well, it's interesting that piety asks him a lot of different detailed questions. Like you know, for example. She asked uh, on page 65, but did you not come by the house of the interpreter? Mm. Christian answers. But if you remember, every other character he's encountered that left the way mm. up to this point, when he asked them details of their life, mm. they're like, oh, I came a different way. Right. And so, like, piety is just doing basically what he's done to every other traveler he's found. But Christian finally portrays a person who went the right way along the path, yep. came into the right gate, yep. and didn't turn back at the slough, and you know, and did all the right things. Right. And so she's finding a kindred spirit in this testimony mm. that that really, you know, they share the same family. That's good. That's exactly right. And then he has the discourse with prudence on page sixty-six, which is another part of Koinonia, I think. Uh, it says there, at bottom of that page, Prudence thought good to ask him a few questions and desired his answer to them. Here's the first question. Do you think sometimes of the country from whence you came? Do you think of your old life, the the worldliness that you left behind? Right. And in, in my mind, what Prudence is doing here is asking him, how are you doing spiritually? Yeah. How are you doing in your walk with God? Do you, do you feel the pull of the old, the old life? Mm-hmm. And so she's checking on him is what she's doing, checking on how he's doing in his journey. And I think that's another important part of Koinonia. Real right. fellowship is that not only are we sharing our stories, our testimonies, our journey with each other, but we're also checking on each other. How are you doing? Like, right. How are things going in your Christian walk? Like when Prudence says, can you remember by what means you find your annoyances at times as if they were vanquished? Talking about these nagging old ways and sinful temptations from the old nature. Yes, when I think what I saw at the cross, that will do it. And when I look upon my broidered coat, 
Uh, that will do it. Also, when I look into the roll that I carry in my bosom, which he's looked at several times as he's walked, that will do it. And so, like, prudence is not just asking how he's doing, but just, like, checking up on his spiritual disciplines. Yeah. Making sure that his, his you know, not only is his, I guess, you know, his testimony was the first section, but now prudence is like, you know, are you living what you're preaching? Yeah. So and how often in, in church life do we get to that level of conversation? Right. A lot of times it's how you doing and we're saying how's life going basically, you yeah. know, how's it going? Do you have a good week kind of thing? And we answer good or okay, I'm doing fine, whatever. Um, but, you know, all of us could probably count on one hand the last time someone asked us, how are you, how are you doing spiritually? How are you doing in your walk with God? And I think that Bunyan is saying the palace beautiful is that is that kind of fellowship, that kind of koinonia where you're actually checking on each other spiritually. Right. Which leads to the third discourse with charity, and charity is an old English word for love. Right. And um, this 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 conversation is interesting because she begins to ask about his family. Yeah, and this is to me one of the most interesting conversations in the book. Yeah. What about your wife and kids? So it says there on page sixty eight. Have you a family? Are you a married man? I have a wife and four small children. And why did you not bring them along with you? And so not only is fellowship checking in, how are you doing? How's it going? Tell me your story. But it's, how's your family doing? Uh, What about your family? Are you evangelizing? Are you evangelizing your family? Are you reaching out to them? I had a great conversation just this morning with uh, a gentleman I'm in a uh, mentoring relationship with. And he just shared some things about how God's using him to reach his family. And it was just moving. And so having that kind of conversation in the body of Christ is important. That's what that's the koinonia that, that Bunyan is looking for. So, yes, it's a great conversation. Right. Yeah, and I do like uh, a lot of his answers here. Like on pop t- top of page 69, did you pray to God that he would bless your counsel to them? Yes, and that with much affection, for you must think that my wife and poor children are very dear unto me. You know, but did you tell them of your own sorrow, fear of destruction? For I suppose that destruction was visible enough to you. Yes, over and, and over and over. They might also see my fears and my countenance and my tears and also my trembling under the apprehension of the judgment that did hang over our heads. But all was not sufficient to prevail with them to come with me. And then Charity asks, but, but what could they say for themselves why they came not? So she said, okay, you, you, you were concerned for them. You prayed for them. You shared with them. Um, why didn't they come with you? And his answer is really powerful. Uh, Why? My wife was afraid of losing this world. He's he's honest that she didn't want to let go of the things of the world. Now, it's interesting to note at this point, I think, there is a second part to Pilgrim's Progress. Right. And he and he talks about what happens to Pilgrim's uh, family. Mm -hmm. And so uh, her name is Christina. Um, And so that's that's another very very original. That's another. Yeah, that's another podcast for another day. Uh, but it's interesting here that John Bunyan pictures uh, Christian koinonia, Christian fellowship as, tell me your story, how are you doing, tell me about your family, how's your family doing? And uh, I think that those are levels of conversation that we need to learn to have more in the body of Christ. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, and so after these three conversations, by the way, I know Wade mentioned four different uh people discretion is on page 64 who discretion brings in piety and charity yeah mm-hmm. but um after this they go to supper on page 70 Love it. and there's a conversation at supper 
that then goes into the Chamber of Peace. So do you want to talk about this section now? Yeah, first of all, they are eating food together. So like I said earlier, Fellowship Hall. Yeah, koinonia is not just food, but it can involve food. I mean, food is a natural way to bring people together and for people to let their guard down and enjoy God's goodness in in a meal. But while they're at supper, uh, they're they're talking, and uh, it's fascinating what they're talking about, but he's listening, and, and Christian says, I perceived that he had been the builder of the house, who's Jesus, that he had been a great warrior and had fought with and slain him that had the power of death, but not without great danger to himself. That's the cross, Mm -hmm. which made me love him the more. Right. And so this conversation taking place over a meal with with other Christians, you know, this this fellowship, this koinonia, is actually stirring his affections for Christ. Yeah. And our conversations with one another ought to do that. They right. ought to. They ought to. They ought to be so Christ focused and so um, fixed on glorifying Christ, bragging on Jesus, so to speak, mm-hmm. that it ought to cause us to love Jesus more. And so, I, you know, I want to be that kind of person that when someone's around me and they walk away, they love Jesus more than when they, you know, when we engage yeah. in a, a conversation. So I think it's just really profound at how this this the dinner end, plays out. The end paragraph before the Chamber of Peace, there's a lot of imagery drawn here from Gospel of John and from Philippians mm-hmm. chapter 2. Mm-hmm. But it's worth noting, besides there were some of them of the household that said they had seen and spoken with him. That's the great warrior. That's Christ. Mm-hmm. Since he did die on the cross, and they have attested that they had it from his own lips, that he is such a lover of poor pilgrims, that the like is not to be found from the east to the west. They moreover gave an instance of what they affirmed. And that was he had stripped himself of his glory that he might do this for the poor and that they had heard him say and affirm that he would not dwell in the mountain of Zion alone. They said moreover that he had made many pilgrims princes, though by nature they were beggars born and their original had been the dunghill. Hmm. Yeah, this this king is one who emptied himself yeah. and took on poverty so that he might make us princes in the kingdom of God. So beautiful, beautiful imagery. Now we can always just think of our own testimony that our origin had been the dunghill. Yeah, well, exactly. Spiritually. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So, Chamber of Peace uh, says, Thus they had discoursed together till late at night, and after they'd committed themselves to their Lord for protection, they betook themselves to rest. Yeah, Chamber of Peace is a very short section, uh, but a really powerful section. It says, he slept there till the break of day. He woke and sang, where am I now? Is this the love and care of Jesus for the men that pilgrims are? Thus to provide that I should be forgiven and dwell already the next and dwell already the next door to heaven. And so I believe this peaceful sleep pictures what it's like to be surrounded by fellowship, by mm-hmm. koinonia. He's in the body of Christ. He's, he's surrounded by fellow Christians. There's a peace. There's a protection in that. Right. And he's able to, to lay down and sleep. You know, it, it, the Bible talks often about us needing one another, mm-hmm. loving one another, serving one another, praying for one another. And and this this passage reminds us that the one another's give us that peace and security yeah. that we need in this life. You know, you, to think about the old nature shows, you know, if you're watching a herd of antelope in Africa and uh, uh, one that's lame or a young antelope gets off by itself, yep. uh, isolated. There's no protection there, and the lions, the predators close, the predators in. close in. And uh, I think this is a picture of someone that's in Koinonia, someone yep. that has Christian fellowship, and it brings a peace in their heart to be able to, in his heart, to be able to lay down and sleep. So I, I like that section. I like the next section more. So the study, right. the next section. Mm-hmm. So they go to the, I guess the library of the Lord of the House, mm-hmm. and what do they find there? 
They go into uh, the study, and it's a place uh, to read the records, they say, of greatest antiquity, uh, in which, as I remember my dream, they showed him the pedigree of the Lord of the hill, that he was the son of the Ancient of Days, came by an eternal generation. Here also was more fully recorded the acts that he had done. And so this is basically Bible study. Yeah. He comes to the study. He opens these ancient books. In Christian fellowship. In Christian fellowship. He's having Bible study. And that is a part of koinonia, that we're learning God's word together. And uh, this this palace beautiful is really helping him to dig deep into who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for him. Yeah, good theology in that passage, too. The eternal generation, son of ancient of days, his pedigree. Yeah, Jesus Christ is not created. Right. Uh, He's he's an eternal, eternally... Uh, going to eternity past, he's the the the, um, the second person of the Godhead, and he uh, took on human flesh and came and lived and died for us. And so, yeah, good good theology there and uh, powerful passage. Now, this is going to be next week very important. This last paragraph in the study mm-hmm. because he'll bring it back up. So just you know, viewer at home, remember this next week. Then they read again another part of the records of the house where it was shown how willing their Lord was to receive into his favor any, even any, though they in time past had offered great affronts to his person and proceedings. And so he's getting ammunition in the koinonia and fellowship of the church and in the study of the Bible that he'll use in a great trial next week. Yes, good, good, good word, something to look forward to. So now we're at the armory. Yes, yeah, interesting, isn't it? He... he he comes to the palace beautiful and there's there's peace you know like a, a relaxation he's mm-hmm. eating a good meal having a good good spiritual conversation people are checking on him and his spiritual life he um, he lays down to sleep peacefully he has good time studying the bible reading the bible it's just a, it's just a kind of a peaceful relaxing um, place but then armory yeah you know that's where you get suited up for warfare and uh, it's interesting that this is part of the Palace Beautiful. This is part, part of Christian, Christian Fellowship. fellowship yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I, I mentioned in uh, when I had to preach for you two weeks ago, I mentioned that, you know, the goal of the Christian life is not to become a better critic sitting in a pew. Mm. It's to go get equipped each week to go back out of the fight. Mm-hmm. And that's really what Christian Fellowship is pointing towards here with the armory. That's right. So they, we need each other. You know, it, 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 it uh, indicates that fellowship is you and I helping each other to be ready for the fight. Yep. You know, to make sure we're, we have the armor of God on. And it says, third line, the Lord had provided for pilgrims, sword, shield, helmet, breastplate. These are things, you know, God prepared for us. Directly in, from Ephesians 6. In mm-hmm. fellowship, we will get equipped for the fight. Yes. Uh, they also showed him some of the engines with which some of his servants had done wonderful things. They showed him Moses' rod, the hammer and nail which, with which J.L. slew Sisera, the pitchers, trumpets, and lamps too, with which Gideon put to flight the armies of Midian. So there's a very militant and combative history to the armory. You know, the, the truths of God are weapons of our war. Like Paul says, they are spiritual weapons. Yeah. It's, and I like the picture of the armory tied into fellowship because I'll give you an illustration. So when I was in probably fourth or fifth grade, I played Little League tackle football. First time I ever played tackle football. I remember the first time I had to put my pads on and how awkward it all felt. Yeah. And I remember I had an older player who'd played before kind of come and make sure my shoulder pads were on right and my chin strap was buckled up right. He was making sure I had everything I needed right. so I'd be protected 
in the in the football game or in practice, and that's what's happening here. It's like, let me check, make sure your breastplate's good, and you got your helmet on, and yeah. you got your sword, and, and and are you praying? How about your shield of faith? And it's like they're it's like uh, checking in to make sure you have everything you need to stand against the wiles and the schemes of the devil. And it's little tricks of the trade like that. Like I can't remember the first time I saw somebody highlight a verse in their Bible and tell me, you know, you need to underline that or highlight that. And mm-hmm. you're thinking, you know, why? I'm not supposed to mark in my Bible. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, you'll remember it next time you come to that page mm-hmm. and you'll remember what you used it for. You'll remember all kinds of stuff about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we learn that from other believers who have been there longer than us, who have, who have got their fair share of scars and marks from fighting. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they help us get equipped for the battle. Yeah. It, it ends with, they showed him besides many excellent things with which Christian was much delighted this done. They went to the rest again. So eating, Bible study, naps, peace and conversation. Um, I think John was a was a Baptist, wasn't he? Prep for spiritual warfare. Definitely was a Baptist. Yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, I would sum it up as ideal Christian fellowship, which is, I believe, what he's picturing in the Palace of Peter. Ideal Christian fellowship is... A depth of spiritual conversation mm-hmm. and examination when you're talking to someone. How right. are you doing? Tell me your story. Tell me about your family. You know that I think it is um, conversation that just revolves around Jesus because back you know he, he heard about the great warrior mm-hmm. who much cost to himself came to to save. Um, it is it is that sense of peace and security because you have people around you. You're not isolated. It is that time in the word it's fellowship around the word you're learning the word together and it is being equipped to go out into the battle and uh, make sure you have the the armor of god uh, at your disposal so uh, i think it's just a really really cool picture of koinonia what the bible when the bible uses the word koinonia or fellowship that i think this is what it means and i think bunyan meditated on that thought long and hard about what it meant and this was going to be key for the next uh part of the journey that a christian would take well, and you think about the fellowship he must have had in prison. If somebody was going to come visit him in prison, they were risking their own neck. Sure. So it was it was probably vital, and it was it was not, you know, hey, let's talk about the weather. Right. Um, well, we are going to take a break now. Um, next week, we will go um, to the two valleys. And so if you're following along at home and reading before you watch, we'll be in pages 74 to 88 next week. For the valleys, and you'll see some of the stuff that Christian gets and learns in the section he puts into practice against enemy and a very dreadful enemy in the valley. Absolutely. Well, thank you for watching, and we hope you have a great and blessed week, and we hope you're enjoying Pilgrim's Progress. Take care.